I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm talking to Laura, who who reached out to me after an article I wrote a few weeks ago called No, You Don't deserve that indulgence today. And I will link to it in the show notes. It is about moralizing your food choices and attaching how you feel about certain foods, whether they're good or bad in your mind, to your own personal worthiness, uh, depending on whether or not you eat them. So since then, actually, a ton of people have reached out and said that that article really impacted them and are wondering how to stop moralizing food choices. Because it's one thing to know that it's not helping you. But these are really deeply ingrained ideas that we get. And it can be really tough. And Laura is a great example of why. Because Laura works in a hospital. And she sees people every day that have diabetes and heart disease and lots and lots of problems and chronic diseases caused by poor food choices. So in her mind, at some level, moralizing the food choices just seems true. I mean, there are foods that are good and foods that are bad. The problem with that thinking, though, is that it leads her to have, first of all, unrealistic expectations about what is okay for her to personally eat. It doesn't allow pleasure in there anywhere as a valid reason to eat. And ultimately, she binges a lot because she has set up this dichotomy in her mind that when it happens, and this is the main problem with food moralizing, when you moralize your food choices, you psychologically make the stuff that you've deemed bad as really good as a reward. And that's a problem because it means you want it even if you actually don't. So resolving this uh, internal mental conflict is not easy to do. And I take Laura through how to go about it. It's, you know, it's not magic. She's not going to be cured after this episode or anything, but it'll give you an idea of how to start untangling all those limiting beliefs in your mind so that you can start having a more honest and realistic relationship with food, which is really what this comes down to. So it's a, it's a fun episode and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Laura, welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Um, What can I help you with today? Uh, So my biggest issue is a last habit I've been working on um, and one that I saved for last because I knew it was going to be my most difficult um, one to accomplish. And that's sort of my emotional eating when it comes to sweets. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, moralizing my food choices. Mm. So you categorize foods in your head into like, this is a good food to eat and this is not a good food to eat. Yes. And I, I know I shouldn't do that. And, um, I'm aware of all the the negative side effects that can come from that, but I, I kind of secretly feel like I do it subconsciously. Yeah. It's really common. It's hard to get rid of just by thinking your way out of it. Yes. Which is frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It's super frustrating. So, um, so how does it like, what, how does this all manifest? So I can uh, kind of tell myself that I, so, so one of my habits that I'd really like to, to have is where I only eat sweets maybe once a week. Um, but I can't tell myself 
you can only have sweets one a week because then I feel deprived and then I end up binging. So I, I don't like to set any hard and fast rules for myself, but I would like to get to a place where I just naturally don't want to eat a treat, but maybe once a week. And then I also want it to be an enjoyable kind of occasion and not me at work. And there's some gross muffins or pastry someone's brought in and I just munch on those because I'm stressed. Can, can you just, can we just pause for one second? Can you tell me your motivation for your once a week theoretical goal? <laughs> uh, I, I think because I know sweets are unhealthy and especially sugar in particular is just, um, just does can have terrible effects on your body and isn't really a great nutrient to begin with. So I've, I feel like my motivation is mostly just for health reasons. I mean, I would like to lose maybe five pounds, but it's more that I just want to have a healthier relationship with sugar, I think. I see. So it's pretty, it's an intellectual <laughs> desire. Kind of, I guess so. Okay. Which I hadn't really thought about it like that. Does that change anything? No, I don't think so. I think that I think that's why I just like I feel like I have to have this goal of only eating it once a week, and then I don't know because I know it's it, because I know the bad side effects of it. I guess, and then I'm also I work at a hospital right now, so I'm at a really busy hospital with really sick patients. So I kind I kind of always. I'm seeing all the dysfunction and unnecessary immobility created by diabetes and heart disease and strokes. So I think it part of me is fear of that happening in the future. So you're worried that two treats a week might give you diabetes? I guess, maybe. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds kind of ridiculous. But it's, but it's impacting your behavior. Yes, definitely. What else is going on? I think I also... I think I'm, I definitely moralize the treats when I do eat them because, for example, I'll tell myself, okay, I'm going to have something sweet um, and I'm going to have this indulgent. It's going to be great. And I do enjoy it. But then afterwards, I feel like, well, I just ruined my virtuous eating for the day. And now I might as well eat a bunch more to the point where I feel sick. And I'm like, why did I do this? And <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> the what the hell effect. Yes, exactly. So if I understand this correctly, you wish you ate sweets, you could limit sweets to once a week. Mm -hmm. And instead, it sounds like you eat a lot more than that. Yes. Like almost every other day. Okay. So every other day is four times a week. Yes. About that. So you would like to go from four times a week to one time a week. Yes. And you're trying to find a strategy. Exactly. Without just, because I think I'm, I don't know if I'm going about it too quickly where I, I'm just like so hard and set on the school. So I'll, I'll start the week and I'm like, all right, you're going to do it once a week. And then before I know it, it's like the third or fourth time <laughs> and I've just failed. And, and can I ask you a question too? So when you have the, what the hell effect, how often does that happen? Um, I'd say that's maybe just once maybe twice if it's a bad week, but probably just once. And in those times, how many portions of treat would you say you eat? Um, oh, this, this is a painful question. Day. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Probably four, I would say. Okay. So you're actually eating seven treats a week. Yeah, I guess so. Cause that one time I'm having four 
portions. Yeah. So seven. Or potentially more. Yes. So that, and then that just disturbs me because it's, I know how bad it is for us. So I, I, I kind of don't understand why I'm doing it in the first place. Right. But you do know, sort of, you know, in theory, but you, you have trouble. Yeah, I guess so. Like it. trying to figure, exactly. Cause I know it comes from a place of a lot of times stress and emotional eating. And that's, it's kind of like a habit that's been ingrained for a while now. So I think, I think that's probably the reason. I see. So you, you find that these episodes happen at times, like at predictable times when you're under certain levels of stress at work or whatever. Yes, I would say so. So one issue is that you have a trigger uh, sort of susceptible to all the time because it's your job. Right. It's always stressful. (laughs) (laughs) And the second part is that you, because you moralize food choices, it's like extra bad because it can, you convince yourself that, well, you feel super bad about it. First Mm -hmm. of all, even though you're only five pounds overweight or not even probably, (laughs) even though, even though you theoretically are fine and I'm assuming you don't have diabetes. No, I don't. Thankfully. So, but you, but you feel bad about it anyway, even though you have no real symptom. Yes. And also it's likely increasing the actual event that you're stressed out about itself because I mean, you can, it sounds like you're pretty good at identifying that you experience the what the hell effect and, and for, by the way, for people who don't know what the, what the hell effect is, it's, I'm sure you've experienced it in your life. It's when you uh, tell yourself you're going to do something and then you at some point break down and then go nuts on it because you have decided that you're already like a worthless person and that you might as well screw the whole day and start clean tomorrow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that is my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a super common, especially among people who restrict their food intake. So if you've been a dieter at all or have other reasons like health purity (laughs) for restricting your food. And uh, yeah, this is something that happens pretty common. So you, your question, and I, and and it sounds like you're more, so there's two things here. It sounds like you're more interested in talking about the food moralizing. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Cause I think that's what, if I could get that piece figured out, I think this problem would fix itself, I guess. So I 100% agree with you. I, in my experience, the food moralizing is the, like it, it amplifies your triggers. Mm-hmm. So that when you are under stress, like you're, you're not like when you're under stress and you're triggered to like have whatever it is you do, you know, mm-hmm. your habit of stress relief to avoid that horrible feeling of stress and discomfort and all that, that is what emotional eating is. Mm-hmm. That is like at that moment, like, of course you go into like default habit mode. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody who's ever been 
triggered by anything, you know, the feeling and like, uh, psychologists will sometimes call it being in a hot state Uh as opposed to being in like a cool state. So when you're cool, like when you first wake up in the morning, you've had a good night's sleep, you're well rested, you're sober, you're full of willpower. (laughs) Um, we all have grand, noble, beautiful visions of ourselves in these moments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then as our days progress, we can get into these situations where we feel like there's just nothing that we can get our minds away from this like one thing we need to do. Mm -hmm. And that's like being hot. That's called being like in a hot state, like an agitated state. And that's kind of what it it feels like to be triggered. Mm -hmm. So one thing I always try to remind people is that when you are in that state, you're already kind of screwed. <laughs> right? Like yes. if you've gotten there, like and like <laughs> your your brain's on like that like Twinkie over there in the corner, like mm-hmm. there's really not like you've already lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may have the ability to stop it every once in a while, but for the most part, like you're already at a 70% failure rate or higher yep. in that situation. So, knowing that, I agree that tackling the food moralizing is a smart place to start because it takes away a big part of what's driving you to that sweet thing in the beginning, which is the fact that you're, you try so hard all the time to not eat it Mm -hmm. that when you're breaking down, it's like the one thing you're going to do because you've been trying so hard to not eat it. So, but if you haven't been trying so hard to not eat it all along, like you have a fighting chance of doing something else. Right. I can see how that would work. So let's talk about why you think sweets are so bad. (laughs) So, I mean, besides weight gain, because that's of course obvious, there's insulin resistance. And then there's the whole like feeling in your brain, this like rush of happiness, but then you feel grouchy and depressed and down an hour later. So you're kind of on this roller coaster and then it makes your stomach hurt. And then long-term can of course cause chronic diseases that nobody wants. And how many of those things apply to you? Probably, I'm probably just the first part because I'm, I'm young at least and still have that going for me. So I'm not, not to the point where I have to, I feel like seriously worry about preventing chronic disease, I guess. So probably the first part, the part that it it makes me feel bad after I do it um, physically is probably the part that affects me most directly right now. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And, and my guess is also that those, it sounds like you've, you've done some work with mindful eating and, and things like that. So it sounds like there are some times when you have treats that aren't sort of a what the hell effect? Yes, definitely. I can, I have, I did get a lot better with mindful eating and really enjoying an indulgence. And that has been wonderful. And I was doing good for a while. And now I'm just in a, I'm on nights right now and I'm in a busy department of the hospital. So I feel like my environment got switched up a little bit. So now it's kind of I'm, I've kind of, I've, I've been not been eating mindfully as much as I would like when it comes to sweets. They were, it's more, uh, yeah, but that has been very helpful. Okay. So let, let me ask you, is it, is it feel different when you have a mindful treat versus when you have like 
sort of a what the hell effect incident and in terms of how you feel after and all that stuff? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Because if I'm going to have the indulgence mindfully, I usually pick something that's better quality and something I really enjoy. Whereas the what the hell effect situation is like, oh, somebody brought Oreos to work. So I'm going to munch on a bunch of those. Um, so I, I enjoy it more and I feel like I just don't feel sick afterwards and I eat less too, if I'm eating it mindfully. Sure. So that's one way to eliminate that issue. Mm -hmm. So it's not that sugar does that. It's that too much sugar does that. Yes, that is definitely the quantity is a big part of how you, how I feel after for sure. Sure. And so that's interesting, right? Because it it makes it so that maybe it's okay to have sugar mm-hmm. if it's in a reasonable quantity. Right, right. To not feel sick because that's the goal. That's right. the part that's the frustra- the frustrating part that's that's affecting my quality of life. Right, right. And uh, yeah, and that's just a generally a crappy feeling of feeling out of control and Exactly. like you like you're like on this roller coaster that you can't get off of. Yep. Okay, so you there's one piece of nuance that we can add mm-hmm. to your perception of eating sugar. Mm-hmm. Let's also talk about another big one, which is how often it's okay to eat sugar. Yeah, that, that is a, a good question. And I don't know where I get the arbitrary number of once a week, but it just seemed like it was something that was healthy, but I also wouldn't feel deprived, I guess. So that I just kind of... Which is not true. Yeah, which clearly isn't working. <laughs> How do you feel about... Like, like, so, like, does that sound like a realistic goal to you? The once a week? Yeah. I think it I think it does especially if I was not in a stressful kind of situ more stressful situation like I am right now um this this isn't like the schedule I have right now isn't typical um so I think it is definitely something that is attainable but maybe down the line yes it's it's not I I kind of knew this was going to happen where this habit was just going to take a long time to develop because it's just, I know I love sweets. My parents actually, when I was two years old, they didn't want me using a pacifier anymore. And they told me, you can either have this bag of sweets or you can have your pacifier. It was like a bag of M&Ms and I chose M&Ms and like never use a pacifier again. So I feel like (laughs) it's genetically ingrained in me to like, want to use candy to not actually deal with life in a way that (laughs) might be challenging. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. That's so funny. Um, all right. So M&Ms have always won. Yes. They've always (laughs) won. (laughs) It may, may be totally possible that there's a time in your life when you could care less about sweets or it's just really, you only truly want them once a week, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like that's not a particularly realistic goal for like 2017. Yeah, I could see that. Like not just this week, like not just, <laughs> like, like not just this period of work. Right, you know. exactly. It's going to have to take small steps to get to that end goal. How small? 
I don't, that's a good question because I could, because I could, I guess I could start the next week saying, okay, we'll have four treats this week, but it just sounds so arbitrary. And in it kind of, to me, it, it, especially after talking with you, it seems like it's more important the, the quantity of treats, not just the number of times it is a week. Like if it's four times a week, but one of those times is like binging to the point of nausea, then that's not really a good situation either. So I think, I think, I don't know what that looks like, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. You've never tried that way. Mm -mm. But I, I think it's a, it's a good way to go about it because just moralizing everything and saying sweets are bad and we should only have them once a week is not working very well. Right. Okay, well, we'll hold on that. Pause on that for one second. I will come back to that shortly. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you one more thing. What is the value of having sweets? Is it just a vice? I think it's uh, the taste. I mean, they do taste really good. So pleasure is important. Pleasure is definitely, I think, the key part. Yes, I mean, they can remind you of old memories and childhood. I don't really like to use them as a, as a way to deter from a stressful event because I don't think they really do a good job in that anyway. Um, mm. But definitely the pleasure, I think, part. And that's, that's valuable in your life. Yes. So we have a reason to prioritize we do. Eating sweets sometimes. Yes, for taste and pleasure, not to forget about everything that is stressful that's going on around us. And how is it possible for you to reconcile that with knowing that sugar is associated with diabetes and weight gain and chronic diseases? I think so. I, it's interesting because I feel like the very thing that stresses me out the most is also the same thing that like, causes this fear of diseases and that's work. It's like, <laughs> I could only get away from this job. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think they do kind of go hand in hand because if I did enjoy the sweets for pleasure and truly indulge that way and, um, kind of respect sugar in that way, then I would eat so much less of it, that I wouldn't even have to kind of worry about those bigger issues. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Just because it's, I mean, it, um, oh, there was this article you posted. It was kind of around the time of election about how eating healthy is um, not an end in itself, but an end to a means. And that's that we eat healthy because it kind of lets us do our life goals and kind of carry out our, our values, um, easierly, or I guess more, more easy. <laughs> right. Well, right. So, right. Like the, you want to be healthy so you can have a good life. Right. Exactly. And, and I feel like if I'm eating sweets all the time and making myself feel sick, that I'm not able to care for patients and be my best self at work. And, so I, I really resonate with that idea of I want to not kind of binge on sweets because then I feel sick and then I don't feel like I can kind of carry out my duty like I want to, I guess. It sounds like you understand that intellectually. 
Yes. It's just (laughs) putting it into practice when everything hits the fan and the sky is falling at work and there's candy and junk food everywhere (laughs) is when it becomes the issue. It's interesting. So I hear that you, you do actually strongly value having like food related treats as a, a part of your life. Yes. And so we're agreeing that you're going to keep it. Yes. I definitely will. Good. <laughs> and so, and, and, and I, and part of that is, are you like, do you own that value or do you feel bad about that value? I probably feel bad about it more than anything. Okay, let's explore that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, I mean, this is the source of the problem. Right. Exactly. Why do I feel bad about enjoying sweets? And I, th- I think it just comes back to, to the moralizing that I see them as something that I shouldn't be eating, I guess. Ever. Yeah. Or at least way less than I do currently. At least I, th- I think that's why. Right. But the way you're currently doing it, you don't actually enjoy no, ex- not no. So that's conflicting with that value too. Like when you, when you have a one of those what the hell effects on Oreos. Yeah, yeah. Like or- Oreos aren't that amazing. No. And so you're not you're do, you're so you you're telling me you have two values. One, you have a strong value of health, mm-hmm. and you want to take care of yourself. You're also telling me that you have a strong value of wanting to enjoy your life. Yeah including health, (laughs) Um, but also including good times and treats and sensual enjoyment of food. Mm -hmm. Right now, it feels like for you, those two values feel like they're in conflict. Yes, I would agree. However, it's being tangled up by the fact that you are doing behaviors that don't serve either of those values. Yes, I would agree with that. Right, right. So... And, but then, but then when that happens, you just sort of blame one of the values. Yeah, exactly. I either get frustrated that I just love sweets and I just tell myself, well, you're a person who has always loved sweets and this isn't going to change. And then I also get frustrated by the fact that I know this isn't good for me. Mm -hmm. So it's just a big mess. You you (laughs) feel stuck. Exactly. And when you're in these stressful moments, it's like this problem just reaches like an ultimate tension. Yes. Because it's still unresolved in your head. Right. And so when you're, like I said, when you're in the heated moment, like you're not going to be resolving issues. No. (laughs) It's complex moral value issues. No. You're just going to like eat the sweets. Exactly. (laughs) What would you envision, like if you could... Like now that you've had like a, a, a opportunity to explore a little bit more of the nuance and, and realizing that like this is a value you have to enjoy food, mm-hmm. and that's not bad. Yes, it's not bad. What's bad is a, is over indulging in food that you don't enjoy. Right, that's a different thing. Yes, and I think that one of the things you're going to have to do in your mind is split those things. Yes, that that makes complete sense. Um, And I feel like if you're able to do that, then now that we're in a non-triggered, rational, cool, calm moment, (laughs) (laughs) we can come up with a realistic plan. Yes. For how you're going to relate to treats. So if you could like 
knowing all the stuff we just talked about, what would you do in like a perfect week? So in a perfect week, I would only eat sweets that, that I truly wanted, that there was something I thought would actually taste good. So for example, if a nurse made her homemade cookies versus somebody brought in store-bought cookies, like I'd much rather eat the homemade ones because I know they're going to taste better. So it would, it would be me being picky about my treats, but also deciding on the amount I needed to actually enjoy it without feeling sick, eating just that amount, enjoying it mindfully, and doing it at a time when I'm, I'm kind of at least a little bit clear-minded and I'm not manic or running around work or stressed and because then I know I won't eat it mindfully and I probably won't. It just won't be as enjoyable. Yeah. And how would you feel about it after you ate it? I think I would, if I did that, I would feel great. I would feel like I got my kind of sweet tooth fix, but I hadn't gone overboard and made myself ill. And I don't feel like food or I guess sweets has more control over me and that I have more kind of power over these stressful situations that happen at work. And then I'm not just kind of my fight or flight response goes off and I go straight for them, but it's actual a like cognitive decision I make to eat it mindfully and enjoy it. And let me ask you, in those weeks, how would you respond to the to stressful situations? Uh, just, I, I think I respond to stressful situations well. Just, I wouldn't, in addition to that, I wouldn't go eat sweets to kind of I mean, it doesn't really help at all. It doesn't really help the stressful situation. It just kind of like makes you feel a little bit better when something else made you feel bad. So I think... So what do you do right now to to like soothe yourself? So at work, there's not much I can do. I mean, I could like try to go for a walk or something, but it's usually pretty busy. So it's kind of tough to do at work. But at home, I like to exercise and hang out with my husband and just kind of do fun things with him, hang out with friends and talk to family, of course. But right now, what do you do at work though? Oh, at work in a stressful situation? Yeah. Like how, how do you deal with it? Um, I, I, I guess I, I deal with it kind of in the moment well. And then afterwards, I mean, if it, if it's something particularly bad, I might talk to a colleague or a friend about it or my husband or someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, great. I was, I was one thing that just, I'm going to just throw this out there before I forget. Um, <laughs> one thing that might be interesting to you is there's a, there's a, a bunch of like breathing exercises that take like less than two minutes. Oh, really? It might be something w- worth integrating into your work. Cause it's not like as, you know, going for a walk or going to the gym. It's not like a 30 minute commitment, right. <laughs> um, but it, it is, their breathing exercises are many times over proven to be a very good way of relieving stress Yeah, um, in the moment. And, and they're very quick. So the oh, force, I get a link into the show. There's a, there's a breath sequence called the four, seven, eight breaths that I use all the time. And you do it like you breathe in for four seconds through your nose, hold it for seven seconds and then breathe out through your mouth for eight seconds. And you just repeat that like four times and it's kind of amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and that's something I can do at work when 
not much else can really help me in those situations. Right. Because the, the reason I asked about that in particular is because those moments are what push you into those heated triggers, right? Yes, exactly. And you need something else. To, like you need, like if you're not going to like, if there's Oreo sitting there, <laughs> I mean, like you haven't given me something you're going to do to not eat the Oreos that right. like that would actually be, be, I mean, you've told me that the Oreo eating the Oreos isn't going to be good for anything. Yeah. Except for like, just the distraction, essentially. Exactly. Um, but you hadn't given me another alternative. And I think it's important you have one. Right. I think the the breathing exercise is definitely a good option. And I mean, and then just kind of walking away from the sweets, just kind of getting away from them, maybe going for a walk would be another potential solution. Just now. Yeah, when you have a minute. Yeah. But yeah, definitely the breathing exercises I think could be helpful. Cool. You know, it's interesting. It's like, I mean, you have, I think subconscious, it sounds like you you still have this idea that enjoying food is a problem or enjoying sweets is a problem. Yeah. I mean, I think when I, when I reframe it that it's okay to enjoy sweets, just not large quantities of it to the point where you feel physically ill afterwards. That's not enjoying sweets. Right. That's that's abusing sweets. Exactly. I think once I can see that difference, I I could get used to the the idea that it is good to eat sweets, small quantities on occasion for pleasure. I think I just have to see the difference there. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you're going to need to feel an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might be able to do that now that we've sort of clarified a little bit in your head. Like, like you said, the framing around, it's not enjoying the sweets that's the problem. Right. It's the eating sweets when you don't enjoy them that's the problem. Yes, exactly. And what other thing I would, um, that we talked about that is worth reemphasizing is that the the sort of the perfection goal or the arbitrary goals of once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was going to ask you, um, how often is it that a nurse brings in homemade cookies? Are there something like that? How often in a week does that happen? For you? Oh my goodness. It's, I feel like it's almost every day. Well, now with homemade stuff is maybe once a week, but there's always so much junk food just in every lounge, every, just everywhere. And it's kind of like the convenience food they give us for free too is kind of everywhere. Got it. So that's one of the things where it, it may be helpful to sort of decide in advance, like what is really worth it yes, to you. Exactly. Because um, it sounds like that's a little blurry right now. Yeah, I would agree. But I would another thing that I think is worth considering is <laughs> so just giving yourself a little grace and recognizing that Sure. Like maybe one day you can get to once a week. Yes. Homemade cupcake. <laughs> um, but when you're looking at seven or eight or more, cutting down to six is a win. Yeah, that's true. Like my, my goal for you, like if, if we were doing long-term coaching <laughs> <would be laughs> to, to 
get you down gradually, not work my way up for like, oh, well, maybe one's too few, but maybe I'll try two. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've been trying. (laughs) Um, I would go the other direction. Yeah, no, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. Because that's a, that's an improvement. Like you're only, that's that's all you can do. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think of what I keep doing is just depriving myself and then binging. And it's just, I think, yeah, going the opposite direction would definitely be better. Right. Because the real problem is the binges. Yeah, exactly. When you don't enjoy them. Right. And that's the reason. Yes. Because you don't enjoy them. They don't serve either of your two values. No. And you want to, you should, you should be getting at least one. Like if you're not serving your health, you should at least be enjoying it. Yeah. Like really enjoying it, not just avoiding discomfort. Yeah. Like enjoying it for its own purpose. And when you make that choice, not feeling guilty about it. Yes. Because you've already decided that this is a value and worth it to you. Exactly. Totally agree. That's very helpful. Feel good? Yeah, I do. I feel like I needed someone else to point out something I maybe already knew deep down, but like couldn't accept that my once a week goal was just not working for me. (laughs) It wasn't going to magically start working tomorrow either. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, keep me posted on how it goes. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.